This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And by ICOM. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. It's Ham Radio. Good evening, everyone. It's time for Ham Talk Live, episode number 190. Making QST and on-the-air magazines recorded live on Thursday, November 14th, 2019. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we're joined by Becky Schoenfeld, W1BXY, and we'll take your calls in just a few minutes. Last week, Marsha Ford, KW1U, was here to talk about NTS traffic handling. So if you missed that show, you can listen anytime. Just go to HamTalkLive.com or your favorite podcast app or YouTube. Or you can catch the rebroadcast of the show on Saturday evenings on WTWW, 5085 AM. And that's at about 630 PM Eastern time, typically. So get your questions ready to go for Becky. If you're listening to us live on Thursday night, you can give us a call after the interview by telephone at 812-638-4261. That's 812-NET-HAM-1. You can also send a question via Twitter. The Twitter handle is at HamTalkLive. So I'll be back with Becky right after this word. From ICOM America, right here on Ham Talk Live. Wish it, wrap it, gift it. Step up your gift giving game this year and get your favorite ham, the transceiver, at the top of their list. ICOM offers a variety of high performance and innovative products. Make the most of this holiday season with one of these ICOMs today. The IC7610, tis the season to give your favorite ham the SDR they really want. This high-performance SDR has the ability to pick out the faintest of signals, even in the presence of stronger adjacent ones. The IC7610 by ICOM is a direct sampling software-defined radio that will change the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. It has RF direct sampling, 110 dB RMDR, independent dual receiver, and dual digicel. The IC7300, ham for the holidays. ICOM is changing the way entry-level HF is designed. This high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design will far exceed your expectations. With RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, a large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and an SD card slot. The IC9700, this transceiver is at the top of every ham's wish list for this holiday season. Keep your competitive contesting edge with faster processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal. ICOM's IC9700 is the pinnacle of perfection. It has a 4.3 inch color touchscreen, dual watch operation, and full duplex operation in satellite mode, a real-time high-speed spectrum scope and waterfall display, voice recording with an SD card, and support CWAM, sideband, ready, D-Star, and more. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on these ICOM radios. Here's the snap. Rap takes the rig. He breaks through the pileup. He's on 80. Now 40. Now 20. 15. 10. 2 meters. Touchdown. Ham Talk Live.
ICOM enjoys hams being radioactive in addition to the various contests and ham radio activities that ICOM supports and sponsors. They're also a proud supporter of Youngsters on the Air, or Yoda, in December is both the Region 1 and Region 2 Yoda activation. So work one or all of the Yoda stations in Region 1 and Region 2 and help create excitement about our wonderful hobby. Be sure you check them out at icomamerica.com. Slash Amateur. And Becky is here, Becky Schoenfeld, W1BXY. She is the managing editor of QST Magazine. She began working at ARRL in 2011 and became licensed in 2012 and quickly upgraded as well. She has worked all states in DXCC, and Becky is uh, known for her guest appearances uh, in the past with the famous Spurious Emissions Band at Hamvention, including her stellar performance of Don't Cry, for Hera Arena, a brilliant ham radio parody of the song Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. So how is that for an, for an intro, Becky? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I never thought I'd be known for my uh, singing voice, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you just never know. Yeah, you, you know, never know. You know. Who's watching those things on YouTube and, and you, you know, they, they get around. Well, well, Becky's... Uh, we're going to talk about all the uh, happenings here with uh, QST and the new magazine coming out uh, soon. But uh, this was another uh, listener uh, suggestion was they wanted to know what goes into making an edition of QST. So, Becky, what goes into making an edition of QST? Oh, so much. Um well, uh, you know, as, as many of us know, QST is published monthly, um, and it's been published since 1915. There was a break for a couple of years for World War One, and it resumed in 1919. It's been published continuously since 1919. So uh, we've been around a long time. It is the membership journal of ARL. A lot of folks think of it as a technical journal, um, but uh, it, it is actually the membership journal of ARL. So we're sort of the journal of record for the organization and, and for the hobby and the service. Um, and we do present a lot of technical material. Uh, as you know, ham radio has a lot of sub-interests and sub-hobbies in it. And, uh, you know, because the magazine needs to represent ARL members, we try to touch on as many of those sub-interests as we can in each issue, and, and there are so many of them with so many more emerging all the time that it's, uh, it's very, very challenging. So to put together an issue, um, an individual issue, of course, starts with manuscripts, um, and uh, we're getting manuscripts all the time. Um, we get stuff from folks, hams who just send them in. Um, we also get manuscripts via solicitation. Steve Ford, WB8IMY, who's the editor of QST, he and I also, uh, we often reach out to hams who have specific specialties and we'll ask them to write uh, articles on specific topics for an issue. So uh, then about every six to eight weeks, um, QST's two editorial committees convene. We've got one for technical articles and one for non-technical articles. And anything that's not technical, we call general interest. So the editorial committee for tech articles is made up of hams who are technical experts in various aspects of ham radio. And uh, they have an online group where they meet and uh, talk about the articles that get submitted. And the General Interest Committee is made up of QST staff members and also some staff members from other uh, parts of the organization. And these committees meet and they evaluate the manuscripts that get submitted and, and they make their selections and pass them along uh, for production. So when we're getting ready to put an issue together, Steve Ford and I will 
consult the database of manuscripts that have been accepted, and we choose a selection of them that makes sense together for an issue. Um, now, for each issue, we're running about two months ahead of, of the publication date that's on an issue. So right now we're in November 2019, which means you count ahead two months, and that's January 2020. So that's the issue we're working on right now. In fact, it goes to the printer on Tuesday. So uh, we are near nearing the end of the January 2020 production cycle. So you may not have time to be on Ham Talk Live if it's <laughs> <even> Tuesday. <laughs> well, we, we've been doing this a long time. You know, I've, I've been at uh, ARL since 2011, and I've been working on uh, QST since, uh, I think, fall 2012. Um, and I, I worked in magazines for many, many years before that. So, um, you know, we have it, we have it down. Um, we, we have a small staff. I think we have... You know, we have nine people is the QST staff, and um, I think uh, five of those nine people are editors, and of those nine people, gosh, I think um, about five of them have been with the organization for, for literally decades and decades. Um, so the team really knows what it's doing, and... Um, Every issue is an exercise in creative problem solving. It's it's uh, <laughs> a nice balance between being familiar and being able to stick to our process and also having to um, do some quick thinking when something comes up and, and we need to make a change. So I, I always think of it as creative problem solving. We don't really have emergencies. So even though it's Thursday night and we've got deadline on Tuesday, you know, everything's under control and nobody has to work overtime and, you know, nobody runs around with their hair on fire and, and oh, we get good. the job done. Yeah. Yeah. You have creative problem solving, like these people who write, you know, three page articles and, and you have a page and a half of space. Um, yeah, that's what pictures are for. <laughs> um, that's what that's what editing is for and and we get creative we're really good at you know, pretty much everything you see in the magazine is um is is fairly heavily edited um and uh our editors are, are really terrific about doing that sort of thing we can we can condense we can expand we do all kinds of stuff um and it's all in the name of making the information as clear as it possibly can be for uh, for the members, for the readers, and uh, and making our authors look good and making them sound good. So oh, uh, yes. once we, what's that? I said, oh yes, yes. So once we've chosen an editorial lineup, um, the editors uh, sort of corral all the materials for their assignments. Um, for example, our senior editor Jen Glifford, KC One KNL is currently in charge of all the radio sport material. So if she's if she's got to work on like the results article for Sweepstakes CW, she's got to make sure that the author of that article has sent in all the pieces of it, the main body text, the data for the results tables, any photos, any captions for the photos, um, you know, maybe a, a biographical note. There's just all kinds of stuff. Um, every article that appears in the magazine has a lot of little pieces, parts that go with it. And uh, often the more technical an article is, the more work it requires to make sure that everything is accurate. If it's a build article and there are diagrams, um, the author will supply sketches. Those go to our techno technical illustrator, um, David Pingree, N1NAS. And uh, he creates all the beautiful schematics and drawings you see in the magazine. So uh, it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of like little fiddly pieces that have to be sort of gathered together and finessed into a whole and and checked a lot. Um, you know, everything has to be as correct as we can make it. Um, you know, you've seen an issue of QST, you know what kind of materials in there. Um, it's a lot of figures. Sometimes it's equations. 
a lot of measurements, um, just numbers, numeric stuff in general, a lot of acronyms. Uh, we love our acronyms in ham radio. And, of course, a ton of call signs. And everything has to be checked um, to make sure it's all factually correct. Got to read properly, read smoothly. Um, so we spend a lot of time reading and rereading all that stuff and making sure it's correct. And there's a point in the editing process where a PDF of each article is sent to its author so the author can correct anything that might be wrong. So um, a lot of the time is, is spent on that, sending stuff around and making sure that it's really clean and that we're hopefully not making any mistakes, even though we're imperfect human beings and mistakes sometimes get through. And then once everything's correct and uh, we know it's as clean as we can make it, um, our assistant production supervisor, Jody Morin, who is KA1JPA, uploads production PDFs to the printer. And... Uh, and the printer gets those PDFs, and away we go. And um, we go on press out in uh, Pontiac, Illinois, and uh, we run about 140,000 copies of each issue, and they're, um, they're fulfilled from there in Illinois. And uh, while that's going on, so we'll, we'll upload the January 2020 issue on Tuesday, and then the staff will have about two days where the workload's a little lighter, and then the whole process starts up again for the February 2020 issue. So we're constantly in this production process that takes about uh, three to four weeks for, for any given issue. And then, you know, on top of all the articles, you've got, advertising you've got you know uh, all the listings of all the people and all the divisions and you know indexing and and archiving and all that kind of stuff too yeah there's i think um almost every department in the building contributes something to qst or either contributes something or checks something um, you know, oversees something. It, it's really an enormous effort that involves so many people around the entire building, not just um, the production and editorial staff, um, because it, it is the membership journal. So it it's represents so many different parts of the building and so many different aspects of what we do. So uh, it takes a lot. And, and that those three or four weeks are very full. Um, and they have a sort of rhythm to them that we recognize. And uh, so, you know, we'll upload on Tuesday and then we'll have our two days of, of quasi downtime and then we'll do it all again. <laughs> now, let's talk a little bit about distribution uh, because you have different platforms now. Uh, it's not just print, um, but you have that print version and, and you've got to get all those addressed and mailed and, and all that kind of thing. And then you've got the digital. So talk a little bit about the distribution. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, uh, it's mailed uh, by our printer out in Illinois. And QST is mailed in something called a co-mail pool, which um, helps us save a, a little bit on forwarding. Postage, of course, costs a tremendous amount um, printing and, and forwarding are some of the largest costs that a, a magazine has. So um, a lot of magazines are mailed in these co-mail pools where magazines are bundled together to save on postage. Um, so when you go to your mailbox and you end up with, you know, you end up pulling out a handful of catalogs because the holiday shopping season is starting, um, the chances are that a bunch of those publications rode in one of these co-mail pools. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we get to be fairly hands-off in production editorial. Um, we have a circulation department that handles matters related to the distribution. So if, heaven forbid, something goes wrong, um, sometimes production editorial hears about it. But when we hear about it, we, we transfer all that up to... Uh, circulation and, and they're really great about tracking things down about 
finding stuff that's lost, um, finding out if, if something was late, uh, why it was late, if something arrived mangled in somebody's mailbox, uh, you know, they can track that stuff down. But uh, down where I am, we don't have a whole lot to do with that. Fortunately, we have people who, who have that all under control. Uh, as far as the digital goes, um, I am currently, <laughs> blessedly, not all that involved in the digital. Um, next year, I'm, I'm going to be deeper into the digital end of things. Um, our digital service provider is um, a company called Page Suite, and uh, they host the digital edition of QST, which is um, just a, a PDF replica of the print magazine. And uh, that comes out about a week and a half earlier than the print edition. So we, we like to sort of hype that on social media and say, you know, you can go look at your digital edition right now. You don't have to wait for the print. Um, and that's handled by this company called PageSuite. All right. Very good. Well, as if there wasn't enough chaos. <laughs> now you have a brand new magazine to put together and it's coming out soon. So tell us a little bit about On the Air. Oh, On the Air. I I have been just immersed in stuff for On the Air this week, and it has been incredibly exciting. Um. Yeah, ARL is about to launch its first magazine in close to 40 years. Uh, so it, it's, it's kind of cool that I'm here tonight talking about ARL's oldest magazine, QST, and its newest magazine on the air. Um, the sort of bookending the, the publishing history of ARL here. So on the air actually had its beginnings back in 2017. Um, when a group of managers at ARL headquarters saw the need to take a closer look at a group of hams that we knew were underserved, um, namely uh, newer hams, um, sort of beginner to intermediate, a um, lot of technicians, but not necessarily. They may be generals or extras, but um, regardless of license class, they um, never really progressed beyond getting a license and, you know, maybe taking a, a couple of other beginning steps and then kind of falling away from the hobby. And, uh, and of course, you know, we don't want people to, to fall away from the hobby or leave the hobby. We want them to engage. We want them to stick around. We want them to build their skills. Um, but what we hear a lot at headquarters is um, newer hams will email us and call us and say, you know, look, you know, QST is, is just too hard for me. Um, my tech skills are not at this level. My operating skills are not at this level. I need more. Um, I need the basics. And what I really need is a, a mentor. I need an Elmer. And, um, you know, this is something that we're not hearing just at ARL. I, I know that it's, you know, stories like this are coming out at ham fests and conventions, and, and it's out there in the community. It's out there on the message boards and stuff. Newer hams just don't have mentors like they did back in the days when today's amateur extras were just getting started in ham radio. Hams who are in their 60s and 70s and older today, when they first got into radio, um, the culture and the community, not just in radio, but just in this country in general, was so much more connected. And and there were mentors, there were Elmers, because kids were playing outside, they were running around the neighborhood until it got dark. And, you know, there was maybe a kindly neighbor down the street who would say, hey, you know, kids, come on, you know, into my garage, I got this, this workshop, I do neat stuff with radio and, and you want to see? I can I can show you this. And a whole generation of hams were made that way. Um, or someone had a grandfather or an uncle that was into it, and they, they passed the hobby on. And um, our culture has changed so much. Community has changed so much that that doesn't happen anymore. Kids are indoors. Um, 
you know, you, you can't really invite a child that you don't know into your home that's frowned on. <laughs> um, so those opportunities for that casual mentoring are gone. And of course, we also know that now more than ever, people have more and more options about how to spend their free time. Um, so you, you get all of this and, and you get these newer hams who go, you know, I, I don't have the help that I need to help me engage with this thing that I thought was going to be fun and interesting and help me, you know, engage. Um, so uh, in the, the past, the, not just this little bottle of instant Elmer's. No. That, you know, you can pull out and open up the bottle, you know, like those instant Martians. Yeah. Have. You know, you, you just pour water on them and poof. You know, you, you can't do that. They're, they're not yeah. there. I don't know if we want to equate Elmers and Martians. Either. Martians? Well, you never know. You know, where we are. You know, we got the Mars generation coming up now. So, you know. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and there is the uh, the Mars Award too, the Elzer Mathis Cup. So uh, yeah, you know somebody's still got to win that. So let's hear it for the Mars generation. <laughs> so uh, in the past, um, ARL has made uh, a few attempts to address these beginner hams. We've done things in QST, um, but you know newer hams approach QST, and and on the way to finding a, a section that's in there just for them, they're faced with all this more advanced stuff for, for the more knowledgeable hams. And it's, it's a kind of a turnoff for them. Um, so uh, this group of managers in 2017 thought, well, what, you know, what can we do there? These folks really are just crying out for help and, and they've been, you know, this is this is a need that we've heard of for quite a long time now. How can we serve this group? You know, we're ARL. We're in a unique position to do it. We have all these resources. How how can we channel these resources um, best to serve these people? And um, so this group got together and looked at several years worth of data that we had already taken on this group and uh, led by our membership manager, Diane Petrilli, KB1 RNF. Um, and Diane is, is just a real uh, whiz with data. She, she sort of knows how to tell stories with data. Um, we got a pretty good picture of the type of beginner ham that needed help, but we still had a lot we needed to learn before we could move forward and, and do something toward helping them. So um, back in 2017, we got permission to conduct a, a statistically valid survey of hams that were relatively new, that weren't ARL members, um, to find out what they might need. And we spent a few months carefully developing these survey questions um, to find out not just um, not only in terms of their interest and needs in ham radio, but who they were as people. And uh, we also wanted to give them something to respond to other than just survey questions. Because if we were going to consider creating new products and services to help new hams, we really wanted to make sure we would give them something that was as close as possible to something they would actually want instead of something that we made up on our own without asking them, you know, Hey, what if we, what if we gave you this? Do you like that? You know, what, what if we gave you this? What do you think of that? Um, so rather than sort of go blindly into this, um, we cooked up some things to show them that they could weigh in on and help to guide us. So we put together a package of test material um, sort of beginner to intermediate level, things like how to call CQ, um, what's proper mic technique, how do you choose your first handheld, um, things like that. And for efficiency's sake, we gave it all a magazine layout, and we called the finished package on the air. And it looked like a magazine. It, it was a 32-page magazine um, for all intents and purposes. So um, we mailed out the surveys. We mailed out copies of this 
this test material that looked like this mini magazine called On the Air. And the responses started to come in, and the response to the material was overwhelmingly positive. Hams loved it. They said, you know, are, are, is this a magazine? Are you going to make this? How can I get this? This is what I've been looking for. Um, you know, this is what the community really needs. You know, I, I, I hope you're going to do this. And uh, we found out from the survey some stuff about how these newer hams wanted to engage with amateur radio. Um, we found out about other types of things they were interested in beyond amateur radio or, or maybe other interests they had that they wanted to combine with amateur radio. Um, and we found out they wanted to know how to use radio technology to do all sorts of things. Um, the technology itself being sort of a means to all kinds of ends, not necessarily I need to know how to get on the radio so I can talk to people all over the world. Um, these folks have cell phones that they use for that. So with all of that information, this group of ARL managers took uh, all this info to upper management and we started talking about potential strategies and all of this was back in 2017, and, you know, now it's, it's nearly 2020. And, uh, and on the air's time has come, uh, and we are working on the first issue. It, it is going to be a magazine. Um, it's going to be bimonthly. Um, first issue will be January, February 2020. Uh, it goes to the printer in a month. And it'll be in people's hands by mid-January. And On the Air magazine is um, only the first of a bunch of new things that we're going to be putting out there to support uh, newer hams and beginner to intermediate hams. Um, because, you know, we have, we've heard the cry in the wilderness, so to speak, and, uh, and we've, we feel like we have an approach now that's driven by them rather than something that, you know, we've cooked up sitting in an office. We've actually talked to the community and, and what you're going to see now is uh, what we've created based on things that real hands have told us that they want and need. Well, so I applaud uh, the, the decision and the, uh, the efforts to, to figure all that out and to um, to get some of that information in, in the hands of those people because that it's real and it's happening a lot with with podcasts too uh, you know there's there's a cry out there for information um, about you know how to how to do what a lot of us think of as a simple task uh, if you haven't done it before you, you need some guidance and, and it's yeah. it's there. So we're going to talk more about uh, on the air and the distribution of that and everything. Uh, we're running a little over, so let's get a break in here, and then we're going to come back and talk more with Becky and take your calls, and we've got some tweets to go through. So we'll do that when we come back after this word from Tower Electronics right here on Ham Talk Live. Hey, honey, have you seen the PL259s anywhere? No, I haven't. Come on, kids. Let's go. There's just one place to go for all of your connector needs. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. A giant warehouse of connectors and adapters for every occasion. Thousands to choose from in every shape, size, and color. And they have antennas, soldering supplies, cables, meters, and more. Where do you go if you want to buy a connector at a fraction of retail cost? Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquidation sale. Buy nine solder-type PL259s, get the tenth one for just one penny. They make great Christmas presents. And what better way to say I love you than with the gift of a PL259. 
Hi, I'm Scott Cole, KB9AMM, president of Tower Electronics. I like the company so much that I bought it. Tower Electronics, coming to a hand fest near you or online at pl-259.com. And we're in the yellow pages under Amateur Radio Connectors. My, wherever did you get that lovely PL-259? Tower Electronics, pl-259.com or call 920-435-2973. Do we sell PL-259 connectors? Join the conversation. Give us a call at 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. This portion of the show, sponsored by our mystery sponsor, a product so good they are paying us not to advertise it on this program. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Tower Electronics will be in Fort Wayne, Indiana this weekend, November 16th and 17th. And then they're off to Ocala, Florida, December 6th and 7th. And Plant City, Florida, that's near Tampa, December 13th and 14th. But you can visit them anytime at pl-259.com. And Ham Talk Live is on the air every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here at HamTalkLive.com. And be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And it's time for your questions now. So if you have a question for Becky, give us a call at 812-638-4261. Or you can tweet us. It's at HamTalkLive on Twitter. We have several of those to go through, so we'll work through as many of those as we can. And if you're listening to us on WTWW or the podcast edition, sorry, we're not here. It's, it's Thursday. So you're, you're out of luck. So, uh, Becky, let's, let's finish up a little bit with this on the air. You, you've, you've taught us how, you know, that came about and, and how all of the research went into to figuring out exactly what people are wanting. And, and that's coming soon. Um, talk a little bit about the members' choices of which one they receive and which method, and 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 because it's a little little confusing when you when you do a new project and you've got some options there. Um, there's a, there's a little bit of a learning curve, so so kind of walk us through uh, the different choices of the distribution of of the two magazines. Yeah, we are actually uh, getting. Uh fairly steady flow of of calls and emails about this right now members can opt into only one print magazine if you're a member you can choose qst or on the air in print only one Um, all members can access both magazines in digital so for now you can only have one in print but everybody gets both in digital um, we're hearing from quite a few people who want both magazines in print. We hear you. <laughs> we hear you. We hear you. Um, that's dependent upon some infrastructure stuff that that needs to happen. We're hoping to have the new infrastructure in place about midway through 2020. So um, members should keep an eye on our feeds, uh, the news feed, the social media outlets for announcements about progress um in that regard so there we are looking next year toward making both magazines available in print um we just you know we need to get a few other things in place first it's really exciting um you know the fact that people want both you know lets us know that the community is is excited about this we're all really excited and we're really excited that you're excited too (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's also going to be good. um yep, there'll be a podcast related to on the air that will sort of extend the content of each issue um and folks will be hearing more about the launch of that podcast um there's going to be an on the air blog as well that will launch early next year that um will be 
curated stories from out in the beginner ham radio community, what people are doing with the technology, what kind of projects they're doing, how they're making connections within the community. So um, it, it's going to be more than just a magazine. The, the content will be extended through the podcast and it will be um, sort of riffed on through this blog. So if you're a beginner ham or if you're a more experienced ham who wants to know, you know, what's driving beginner hams, we're going to have a bunch of different ways that um, you can engage with ham radio at that level um, through the blog and the podcast and the magazine. All right. Sounds great. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the, the new magazine and all the, the stuff to go with it because, uh, you know, it, I deal with high school students and, and trying to get young people into ham radio. And anytime, you know, you do that, you got to start with the basics. And uh, so, I, you know, I have I have QST sitting there and, and you know, sometimes we, we, we dig those out and look at them. But um you know something uh, a little more on their level would be um greatly appreciated so look forward to to seeing that well we have several tweets here i'm going to try to get through those and i think we've got a call or two coming so uh let me get through a couple of tweets here and then we'll take some calls um at 812-638-4261 that's the phone number 812 812- Six three eight four two six one. First of all, Jim K five ND says thanks for your great coverage of radio scouting and uh, uh, from Jamborees to Jamboree on the air. And, and Jim's a, a friend of the show, and uh, so I, I echo that as well. Yep. Hi, Jim. It's nice to hear from you. I work with Jim quite a bit, and uh, he keeps us supplied with uh, all kinds of great info about what the scouts are doing with radio. So it's nice to hear from you, Jim. We've got a tweet from Michael. Um, he says, with a publication that's been around for so long, how do you decide when it's necessary to revisit subjects? Uh, what information is important enough that it requires more constant stories? And I want to hear this one because I, 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 I'm wondering the same thing about this show. So that's a <laughs> I want to hear this one. <laughs> yeah, it really applies to... Um Anybody who's, who's creating content, really, that's a great question. Um, not an easy one to answer. Uh, one, one way that we approach it is trends. Um, you know, what's one of the biggest trends in ham radio right now, FT8? Um, you know, so you're, you're seeing FT8 pop up a lot in QST uh, in different ways um, from slightly different angles. And I think that's the word that, that uh, is the key to all of this is angles. Um, something else that, w- that comes up a lot is balloon launches, um, particularly if we're talking about college age hams or, or young hams or teachers trying to introduce radio. Um, we get a lot of inquiries going, you know, I, I did a balloon launch. Do you want to run an article about this balloon launch? And um, that's when we have to sort of evaluate, okay, well, when was the last time we did a balloon launch article? What was the hook? What was the angle? Um, okay, what kind of story does this person want to tell? What's their hook? What's their angle? Um, sometimes the person pitching the story thinks the angle is one thing, and, and then we listen to what they have to say, and we go, you know, your angle's really over here. We know you think it's this, but it's really this. What, what would you think about refocusing the story that way? Because if we did it that way, that's something we can use. Um, so uh, th- that's part of it is what's hot right now. If it's something that is really hot, um, we may run several things, you know, in issues that are fairly close to each other issues that are back to back because it's a hot topic at the moment. Um, But there are some things that are less timely, less, less trending that we still just get a lot of because they're things that are um, 
favorites of the community. They're things that are favorite teaching tools. And that's when we have to kind of evaluate a little more and go, well, you know, does this, is this being presented in a way that's fresh? Is there something that readers are going to be able to take away from this that we haven't already shown them? Uh, so those are a couple of ways that we, we look at that. And it also um, speaks to when, when we decline a manuscript, when we reject a manuscript, um, you know, there are any number of reasons why something gets rejected. And a lot of times the reason why something gets rejected is because uh, we've done it. Um, maybe we've done it to death and, and we just <laughs> can't run another article about, you know, this particular whatever it is. So really good question. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I'm kind of, you know, we're up to episode 190 now and it's like, yep. I'll get a question about, well, you know, are there any, you know, can you do one on how to get, you know, high school students into ham radio? Well, I did that. It was back yeah. on, you know, it's like, so, you know, I'll give them the episode number, but, but then it kind of makes me think, well, when maybe should we do it again? Because, you know, it's, it, it's way back there and, you know, uh, different people are listening. So, yeah. That, and we do that question. too. You know, I'll say when, you know, um, you know, I'll, I'll go into Steve Ford's office and say, when was the last time we did something on mesh? You know, why am I thinking it was it was last year, you know, and he'll say, oh, yeah, it was last year. You know, or it'll be something else to say, oh, no, that was that was three years ago. You know, because when you work in magazines, your sense of time is completely messed up. I mean, I think it's January already. Um, But sometimes it is just that. Well, you know, we've done this before, but we haven't done it in five years. So, okay, yeah, it's time to, to bring this topic in again. 812-638-4261. Now's the time to call. If uh, you're going to do that tonight, give us a call right now at 812-638-4261. And uh, we've got one more here, and we're we're already over time, so I'm going to kind of trim this down a little bit. But um, this is uh, from Tom. He's a a longtime writer and editor in in some of the uh, tech stuff. Um, and he's, he's kind of wanting to know, uh, sometimes articles are kind of unattributed and says, um, that when a writer says, you know, something happened to me, we don't know who the me is. What, what, what's the policy on, on, on the bylines? Um, I'm not really sure what Tom's referring to. If, if there's a me in an article, then there's definitely a byline. Um, most of what's in QST is bylined. And what we have been hearing is that uh, when we redesigned recently, we put the bylines way up at the top of the page, the top uh, left, in a pretty small, pretty fine font. And a lot of people are missing the bylines. So, um, Tom, take another look. Look at the, the top left corner of the page and uh you hopefully will see the bylines up there um almost everything in there's bylined and I, I can't imagine that we would run something that that said you know uh i worked you know jerry at at uh this time you know without there being a byline on that piece so it, this may be uh the fault of our tiny little byline font Okay. Well, we've got a couple of calls here, so let me uh, jump to one, and I believe we have Jocelyn. Good evening. Good evening, Neil, and uh, good evening, Becky. Uh, I was just listening to the show. Great topic. I'm looking forward to see what the new magazine looks like, Uh, but my question is kind of a two-part. If somebody wants to submit an article, uh, what would be the process? That's number one. And what kind of art, what type of article are you mostly looking for the on the air magazine? I guess less technical, but if you can give us just kind of an idea of, of what you're looking for. And hopefully listeners will kind of help you fill the magazine up 
so to speak. Um, hi, Jocelyn. Thanks so much for calling. And that is a very good question. Um, on the air technically isn't open for submissions yet. Um, it is in the very early stages. We are doing a lot of editorial strategy and planning. And um, because we are approaching this audience um, kind of methodically, um, we need very specific things. So it's not quite open yet. A lot of stuff is being solicited. A lot of stuff is being staff written. Um, QST is always open for submissions. And uh, the short answer to that question is um, a very simple, easy to remember email address, which is QST at ARRL.org. Um, all submissions go to that address. They'll be automatically entered into uh, our manuscript evaluation process. Um, and there's also more information online about submitting to QST. If you go to ARL's website, ARL.org, and do a search on author guide, there is an extensive author guide for folks who want to write for QST or QEX or NCJ, uh, ARL's uh, other two currently existing publications, um, as opposed to on the air, which doesn't quite exist yet. But um, there are, um, there's currently uh, an opportunity to write for on the air. Um, there's a personal essay opportunity that uh, so far I have been approaching people for because um because we're we're in the stage of really shaping the editorial, and while we're still in those stages, we're we're kind of keeping a, a pretty tight lid on what goes in. But we have accepted a few things that have just come in over the transom purely by chance that have been right for on the air. So it's not impossible. It's just that the the funnel is very very narrow right now because we're still shaping it. All right. Well, thank you very much for answering that. And, uh, Neil, good show. And uh, we'll, we'll keep on listening. Thank you so much for taking the call. Thank you. All right, Jocelyn. Thank Seven you. Seven three. Seven three. All right. Well, uh, we've got Brian trying to call in, and Skype's not letting me add a third call. So, Brian, call now. <laughs> and we'll see if we can get you in here. You're going to get the last word here. Um Yep, there we go. Let's see if we can get it to work. And are you there, Brian? Yep. And there? it didn't merge. Well, All right. And if I hit this button, I may lose you, Becky. Okay, let's oh, no. see. <laughs> let's see if that worked. That was a different merge button. Are you there, Brian? No, Brian. Okay. Okay. Let, let me try, let me try this. I don't. Okay. I'm on now. I'm almost sure that's gonna that's gonna mess things up here. Let me do this. Let me see if I can call Brian. Are Got you there? You now. Okay, but I think I've lost Becky. Are you there, Becky? Oh, I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. We got it. It worked. It says Everybody? it didn't work. It says it didn't work, but apparently it works. Yeah. Um, actually, Brian, can, can you talk a second? Yeah, this is Brian, KG5GAT. How's it going, Neil? All right. You're coming through here. Are Becky, are you hearing him? Uh, I can hear you. I can't hear Brian. You can't hear Brian. Okay. I think I've figured out what's going on. Skype opened up a second window, so I'll, I'll relay. Right. So, Brian, go ahead. Uh, I was just wondering, um, I know they had made some changes to QSD in January of 2018. Uh, I've enjoyed the changes. I look forward to getting it every month. I was just wondering what the feedback on the changes have been from uh, other members. Okay, Brian is asking about some of the changes that were made here in the last year or so uh, to QST. He was wondering about some of the um Feedback. Uh, have you heard any feedback about the changes from any of the membership, uh, how those changes are being received? Um, 
the changes are largely being received along uh, generational lines. <laughs> um, there, we're we're doing some more sort of magazine style pieces um, in the general interest that uh, are, I think, the the more classic hams. Um, want to see more traditional topics. They they don't want QST to move into uh, some of the newer areas we've been exploring. Um, whereas some more adventurous folks and some younger folks, and by younger I mean people in their 50s and 60s, um, have really embraced those articles. Like uh, a prime example is... Um, some of the stuff we've done tying into popular culture like Stranger Things or Die Hard, um, the feedback we get on pieces like that is is very uh, – the, the generational lines are pretty clearly drawn there. So it's, it's mixed. And um, the thing about magazines is that they change all the time. Um, because the people those magazines are serving are changing all the time. And we are, we're making changes that, that maybe folks don't even necessarily notice. Um, but, uh, you know, magazines change. Uh, otherwise, if they don't change, they die. Um, just like uh, if, if people, you know, don't continue changing and growing and learning, you know, maybe they don't die, but you, you sort of, if you're not continuing to change and grow, some folks say you might as well be dead. Um, but magazines are, are like that, too. They're always changing. They're always evolving. Um, QST isn't going away um, just because we're doing on the air. QST serves a different audience than on the air does. And... Uh, so there are folks who uh, who love it no matter what, and there are fo- folks who are critical of anything they see that looks, sounds, smells, you know, like like anything than than their specific interests that they want to see in QST. All right. Well, there there you have it, Brian. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Sorry that. Uh, Skype was being troublesome tonight. It's it's not the first time tonight. All right, no problem. I've been enjoying the show, and uh, thanks for uh, having the answer. All right. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. All right. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Well, we're going to uh, to finish things up here. Uh, I've kept you over time, so, uh, and uh, we, we still have uh, – uh, some stuff we didn't get to, but I, I think we've we've hit most of it at least a little bit. And Tom says, uh, "Gosh, yes, the fonts are really small." So uh, uh. You, 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 you took care of that one. So um, sorry, Tom, we didn't get to uh, everything else uh, there on on the list tonight. But uh, we're running way over. But uh, appreciate you taking the time to to write in. Well, we're going to finish things up, um, and uh, I want to thank you, Becky, for, for coming on and uh, and talking about all this, and uh, it's an exciting time with the new magazine and and uh, some of the changes in, in QST, so thanks for being here. Any any final comments before we go? Um, well, thanks so much, Neil, for having me on. This has been a lot of fun, and uh, it's a very exciting time at ARL. We're making changes that um, a lot of us have, have sort of talked about for years, and, and we finally are being given the, you know, the, the chance to do some of this stuff. It's really exciting. You're going to see a lot of very interesting things out of ARL in 2020, including uh, an education program that we didn't uh, get to touch upon tonight, a series of online courses. But uh, maybe that'll just whet people's interest, and uh, they will have to wait until 2020 to hear some more about it. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we may have to pull Chris back on the show and, and, yep. and start talking about those. So. 
Well, thank you so much for being here. I, I appreciate it, and um, you know, there's a lot of interest here. So, so maybe we, we'll we'll revisit it again. Yeah, very cool. It's it's been really fun. So uh, it's been great to get out some of this excitement with you all here tonight. All right. Well, thank you so much, Becky. That is a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. Thanks to my guest, Becky Schoenfeld, W1BXY, and everybody out there in cyberspace for listening and calling in and typing in. And I'll invite you back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. when when it's time for me to get excited about a new project. Yeah, Youth on the Air Camp was announced last night, and uh, I don't even know who's coming on the show. Jocelyn may be here, Sterling, Sam, who... I don't even know yet. So we're going to have some of the youth on the air people uh, on here with me, and we'll talk about the uh, youth on the air camp. And uh, it's going to be on Ham Radio Crash Course tomorrow. So be sure to uh, check out Josh's show over on YouTube if you can, and you'll hear a little more about the camp um, there as well, as well as a lot of other places. So. Uh, we look forward to uh, to talking about that and getting this camp off the ground. For a list of all of our upcoming guests, visit hamtalklive.com. And if you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. That helps other people find us faster. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours. Don't, 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 don't,